Welcome to What Do You Think? I'm Al. I'm C. And we are joined today with our favorite guest host, Jay. Oh, oh, oh. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas Jay. Merry ho, ho, Christmas. Ho. ho, ho, ho. And God bless us, everyone. No, God bless. Never mind. Um, uh, it's it's the holidays, guys. You know what that means? We gotta we gotta watch some holiday movies. Get ourselves yeah, in the do. in the spirit of Christmas. And, and, right. and, and what better way to get into the spirit of Christmas than to see the a... last temptation of Christ? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, the, the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> fuck you see well I, I, I was gonna this last... christmas he gave you his life i'm <laughs> <laughs> screaming in the background <gasps> oh, oh my god oh my god oh my god all right all right oh my well god. i was at, i was actually listen thinking... that's how mel gibson celebrates christmas <laughs> he watches his own fucking movie <laughs> and then he eggs Martin Scorsese's house. <laughs> oh God! That's what he does. No, 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 no. This is inside baseball for 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 Catholics. Last out there. Christmas, I denied the Holocaust. Jesus. That no, that no. was his dad. Oh, that was his dad. That's right. Right. Uh, no, the. Uh, oh this man, inside... are we back to flags for dads again? Jeez. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, God. no. <laughs> Full so, circle. So, so, so previously on, <laughs> so, uh, inside baseball for, Cut to the clip. for, no, for, ca- really. for Catholics, but, uh, oh, Mel Gibson is very much a guy who thinks the second Vatican council is an abomination and Martin Scorsese very much doesn't believe that. So, what? so, no, so, no, so, mind. so the best, so the, the most Mel Gibson thing he could do is go up to Martin Scorsese and just say the Lord's prayer in Latin. <laughs> Mm. Uh, which apparently does quite well. Uh, no, let's uh, no. Like, listen, while that is a fine film to watch to get into the Christmas spirit, <laughs> I, I was thinking we watch something a little less violent. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Please, you're not wrong. <laughs> I was thinking we watch the new the the new oh. attempt of Universal to make a holiday oh. classic, oh. Or, or at least a holiday cult classic, with their new Christmas action movie, Violent Night, starring uh, David Harbour as Santa Claus. So, uh, I don't know how this movie got pitched, but I do know that I know at how. least I know how. I know how. You want to hear how? How? Some eight-year-old kid went to make a wish and said, here's a script. Make it. <laughs> I was going to say. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's a fucked up kid. Okay. I don't, that could be true, but I do know this. I, I will put money on this. That there were certainly two words in that pitch packet, and those two words were, die hard. Yep. Definitely. Okay. Oh, without a doubt. 
And that's kind of how I want to open up this, this review with this discussion. The age-old discussion amongst folks of our generations. That one question that will never be answered, no matter how many times philosophers look and study it. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? <sighs> you guys go ahead and answer this, and then I'll correct you, okay? <laughs> See, so, you go first. You, you okay. go first. I need you to go first so that when I hear Jay's rebuttal, I know which side to be on. Either way, um, I win. Okay. So, short answer, yes. Long answer, kind of? That's all I'll say. Um, yeah, no, really. Okay. No, it is a Christmas movie at the end of the day. Um, and no, not just because it takes place on Christmas. Um, there are just enough Christmas movie, Christmas references to make it work. Um, it, it just, it's, Yes, I accept that it's a Christmas movie. It's barely a Christmas movie, but it is a Christmas movie. Jay, your rebuttal. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah. One, Christmas party. Check. Two, brings a broken family together. Check. Three, uh, someone who who is afraid to fulfill their full potential and be who they really are uh, comes back and... And saves the day. Check. Four. The entire soundtrack is Christmas music. Check. It is a Christmas movie through and through. Al, what do you think? I leaned more towards you, see, that it only barely counts as a Christmas movie. But I'm a little biased. And here's why. I... I love Die Hard. I absolutely love it. It it is it it's one of those movies. I'm I'm one of those kids who their dad was like, "Watch Die Hard with me," and I was like three, right? Mm. So so it, it's an '80s action movie. It's probably one of the greatest '80s action movies ever made. I mean, it literally jump started an entire subgenre of action movie. Die Hard on an X. Die Hard on a train. Die Hard mm-hmm. blah blah. Anyway, but the thing is, is that while everyone likes to say, oh, Die Hard is an action movie that's that's a Christmas movie as well, you already have that in Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, to me, touches more on the Christmas themes than, than Die Hard ever does. Like, it really, really talks about them a lot. And, you know, and shoot, I mean, this guy wants to kill himself because his, his girlfriend's dead. Uh, this family guy wants to kind of get this like 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 it, it like if it wasn't for all the explosions and, and cop shootouts, Lethal Weapon would be a straight up a, a straight up buddy Christmas movie. But it, so so that's why like because every every argument that people give me about why Die Hard is a Christmas movie, I'm like, well, Lethal Weapon does that and leans into it more. So for me, it's more of like a it's more of a degree of separation like. Lethal Weapon really touches Christmas, whereas Die Hard just kind of leans towards Christmas. Does that make okay, sense? Okay, so I want to bring it back full circle to the other two movies we were talking about, as in The Last Temptation of Christ and The Passion of Christ. They can both be the same movie about the same thing and have different takes on it. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's no, true. Th- that, that, that is true. That is very, very true. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of my thing. Like, 
I don't I don't vehemently disagree with people who say full on that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. To me, it's just I would be the guy who'd be like, well, if you want to watch an action movie, how about Lethal Weapon first before Die Hard? Uh, although I do think Die Hard is the better movie overall. I was about but. I was about to ask you what you thought was the better one, and I fully agree. By the way, I, that Die Hard is Die Hard. The better Die Hard one. is the better movie, but Lethal Weapon is the better series. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, yep. that's a really good way to put it. So to tie this back into Violent Night, I I'm shocked it's taken this long for someone to be like, you know, for someone to be like, guys, you know how they say Die Hard is a Christmas movie. What if we do Die Hard, but with like a big Christmas character, you know, Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, or Santa Claus? Like, I'm shocked it's taken this long. Um, So, yeah, here we are. Some studio finally said yes, and it it happened to be Universal Pictures. And And it happened to be the director of Dead Snow. Only he would do this. Only he would do this. Tommy Ricola. So, um, for those of you that don't know, Tommy Ricola... He actually had a previous Hollywood movie attempt, uh, the uh, action movie Hansel and Gretel, starring uh, Jeremy Renner, and um, I can, I, I still don't know this woman's name. <laughs> um, Look, let me just say, in regards to my review on that movie, one word: yikes. Well, Sorry. yeah, yikes. But uh, uh, Gemma Arterton, right? So, so. So the story goes that Tommy Ricola shot something that was really out there and Adam McKay basically, who was producing and I think co-wrote the movie, took it from Tommy Ricola and basically turned it into the forgettable horror fantasy comedy we know it as. Mm. And uh, Tommy Ricola eventually got got around to directing Death Snow 2. Uh, then he sort of came back in... Uh, he sort of came back to Hollywood with the Netflix movie "What Happened to Monday" with um, with Nomi Rapace. Never saw it. Well, yeah, it's it's one of the more forgettable Netflix movies, and now he's he's making again trying to come back into Hollywood with this violent night where we he's have, back with vengeance at this point. Yeah, Damn. where where we have David Harbor from Stranger Things as Santa Claus. And do we think it works? I don't know. How about we watch the trailer and then give our review? Absolutely. You ain't driving, are you? I steer a little, but the reindeer do most of the work. <laughs> this is my full fear of the center. How about you? I started the whole damn thing. Oh, oh, oh! It's Christmas! We decided that you could have one gift. Early. What is it? That is a direct hotline to Santa Claus himself. I can talk to Santa. All right, revelers. Welcome to your worst Christmas ever. Let's go! You have $300 million in your personal vault. That's what I want for Christmas. I don't want any trouble, okay? Something's gonna scooch up that chimney. Who is he? Because he's not your typical mall Santa. Santa, are you there? 
And he said you were very busy tonight. <laughs> My name is Trudy Lightstone. Are you gonna help us, Santa? Yeah, Trudy. Santa? You're on my nice list. Santa Claus is coming to town. Time for some season's beatings. Who the hell are you? Boss, what if he really is the There's real? No such thing as Santa. Yeah! He's Batman. They're all my naughty list. Naughty. That's naughty! And what do you do to the naughty ones? I give them a lump of coal. Where is it? I gotta watch. Ah! I believe in you, Santa. Come on. Which one of you did that? Prancer? So? Unprofessional. So unprofessional. God uh. damn it, Prancer. <laughs> uh, so, Fucking Prancer. <laughs> so, Jay, you know the drill. You get to go first. Your thoughts? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, if you don't know already, um, my dad is a Santa. And and he's not a he's not a mall Santa yet, but um, he's he's an acting Santa. Like he does theater as Santa, but he also has been doing you know Santa gigs. Um, and so so I the first time I saw this trailer, I sent him was like, "You've got to check this out." And he was like, "Maybe, but there's a lot of controversy around it within the Santa community." What? Really? Oh, yeah. Because apparently the guys who are Santas... So first of all, Santas are like a close-knit community. They're all buddies. They have conventions and meetings and lunches and oh shit. Oh, my God. That, they're yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're organized. Yes, they are. They're like super organized. Um, And so there's a lot of, you know, debate amongst them about, like, this Santa doesn't represent the real meaning of Christmas and all that, blah, 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 blah. So, so I've heard a little bit of that. Um, this is, <laughs> this movie is really fun, but oh boy, is it really bad. <laughs> um, it, it just, it, my, my crack about like a kid for make, make a wish, like everything about this movie is stupid and stupid on purpose. And that's the appeal to it. You know, all the dialogue, all the all the bad guys having different Christmas code names, the whole, the whole kill team aspect of it. Like it's just, everything here is just as stupid as stupid can get on purpose, but make it Christmas. <laughs> and this is what we have. So I had a lot of fun with it and I'm going to have a, fun, a lot of fun talking about it with you guys. But like first impressions is like, oof, like, I don't know. I'm I'm still on the fence about where I'm going to rate this at the end. All right, all right. That's I think that's fair to say. Um, mm-hmm. I I'll admit I was along for the ride. You know, I got I got on Santa's sleigh, and I just went with it. Um, don't worry, I won't be doing too many Christmas puns. Um, 
but I, I just sort of decided, let me just sit back and have fun because there are absolutely valid criticisms to be made about this without a doubt. I will, you will not see me going around trying to fully defend this movie. Well, there are parts I will defend, but part, you will not see me trying to, I, this, this is not the hill I'm going to die on, okay? Like, it's just, it's just not. But I think if you just accept it for what it is, which I've learned I need to do more in general with movies, um, I just, having gone to film school and now doing this podcast, I can't help but have a critical eye. But sometimes when you go to see a certain kind of movie, you kind of have to let go a little bit. Not release all expectations, but just let, try to let, just let the movie happen. And if you're experiencing joy or you're enjoying what you're seeing, then maybe if you, I don't want to say don't question it, but do start, what I'm choosing to do is start from that standpoint. I had a great time with this, so I'm going to, in my review and, and critique and opinion of this, I will build off of that enjoyment, so to speak. Mm. So I had a blast watching this. I, th- we, we were in a relative, we were in a pretty small theater and there were only like five people total in that theater. And I'm almost certain I was the loudest one laughing. Um, oh no. The guy behind us was much louder. Really? Oh, well, that, loud. oh yeah. That, that, that makes me feel a little better. You um, just, you just couldn't, you just couldn't tell. Cause you were like second loudest. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm so sorry. Uh, I all right. So, um, like, like you, you both mentioned, this movie does some pretty out there. So, well, actually, no. Let me let me go further back. This is very obviously a, a satire, a, a satiric take on on the Santa Claus movies, and the the satire is being told through the lens of like a Santa Claus movie, but it's Die Hard, or a Die Hard movie, but it's with Santa Claus. And this movie is chock filled with satirical elements, chock full of like homages to other Christmas films. And one particular Christmas film, like it straight up steals from without any regard. (laughs) Um, But, um, you know, I I, I have to say and like the the decision to hire Tommy Ricola to do this. It's a very interesting one um, because when I first saw this trailer. The first thing I thought about was Krampus. That 20 was it a 2018-2019 movie the about uh about the the mythical the the myth- oh, it was yep. 2017 like earlier than that. Oh, well, yeah. Uh so so basically Michael Michael Doggery uh directed he he was known for directing Trick or Treat and after Krampus he directed Godzilla King of the Monsters. Uh, he basically created the Christmas version of Trick or Treat about Krampus, which for those that don't know who Krampus is, he's basically the anti-Santa Claus. Uh, when Santa Claus leaves the lump of coal, Krampus comes in and basically takes you away to hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not it. There's a there's a very dark side to that. Uh, yes. It's, yes. And it's pretty messed up. And, you know, 
the the so the Krampus is a very very cynical black comedy, you know that barely has what would be considered a quote unquote happy ending, you know. And I'm I wouldn't be surprised if the writers looked at Krampus and was like, okay, we're gonna use Krampus as kind of what the tone we want. The problem is your 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 central character isn't Krampus; it's Santa Claus, who because he's Santa Claus, you know, you either there's two ways you can go about it. You actually try to make a, a, a true to self Santa Claus, right? Um, or you go super, super cynical and make him someone who just hates his job, hates kids, hates everybody. Right. And it seems to me that they were like, well, we're going to, we're going to start off with a more cynical Santa Claus, but after all this violence, and this is a very violent movie, we're going to try to have him go back into the, the Santa Claus we all know and love and that's a challenge that that to me would have been an incredible a big challenge and i think with the hiring of tommy ricola who everyone calls a scandinavian edgar wright and and mm. you know I, I totally see that whereas edgar wright when he's being satirical and i don't want to say edgy but you know when he's being outrageous with his violence and his comedy there's always a wink and a nod right like, like, you know that Edgar Wright is doing this to, to give you a good time and, and to kind of get his theme across. Whereas Tommy Ricola, because he's Scandinavian, his sense of humor is almost non-existent. Like, he has one, obviously. Dead Snow had to be made with somebody who has a great sense of humor. But the way he expresses it is very, like, so grounded that you for, for a second think he's serious. Although I would say this movie's significantly funnier than Dead Snow. Oh yeah, but the, the, the point I was trying to make was that like when you have the more dark comedy violent aspects of this movie, for a second you're like, wait, is he treating this seriously? And then you get to the Christmas parts and he's treating them seriously and, and that can be a little jarring. Right. That can be like, whoa, OK, like like, do you know what this is? Do you know what this is supposed to be? I do think he does know. He just plays it so straight. But I think it's balanced out because David Harbour knows what this movie is supposed to be. And he makes sure his performance always is grounded in like the knowledge that this is a satirical black comedy that will try to at least get you into the Christmas spirit. Or at least that that's how I interpreted it. Um, so I, I think the big selling point of this movie is the violence, seeing Santa Claus do violent things to the intruders of this house. Oh, b before we get started on the violence. So basic plot of the movie is Santa, as Santa Claus is delivering, he's Santa Claus is burnt out. And as he's delivering gifts to a particularly rich household, as he's doing that, these mercenaries come in and hold the family hostage. And the youngest girl in the family is able to kind of convince him to, to help them by beating up and or killing said mercenaries. And yeah, so basically die hard with Santa Claus in a rich guy's house. And a big selling point of the film, especially in the trailer, is like just the wanton violence you see. So, Jay, I'm going to start with you. Did you think the violence worked? Did you think it was a detriment to the film? Did you think it was a, it could have worked, but it doesn't want right? What were kind of your overall thoughts on that? Well, it's definitely, you know, number one, it's definitely gratuitous. And, and as you said, it's advertised as gratuitous violence. So, like, we, we knew what we were getting into um, going in. Uh, repeat the question so I can process this a little bit, please. Basically, did you think, like, your overall thoughts, did you think the film 
was yeah. executed. Um, it, I thought... The one thing, the one thing I don't think was executed well enough was definitely the script. Um, it, I think you know the action sequences and everything are are they're fine. There's nothing new to it. Um, the one, the one new aspect to Christmas that I really liked was Santa's origin story that they kind of rewrote, um, which was done very well, and I definitely want to see more of that. Um, but but at the same time, like this isn't a new trope of like Santa losing faith in Christmas. You know, I there's it's what they're doing in the in the new Tim Allen Santa Claus show on Disney Plus that's just awful. Um uh see I've mentioned these before, but I grew up in, you know, Christmas time big productions at the church I grew up in, and we did there was one year where we did where Santa loses faith in Christmas and everything. So it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a new trope or anything at all. Um, this is definitely just really a continuation of David Harbour's David Harbour's character from black widow. Really? It's just, let's take that guy and make him Santa. Um, they're definitely, this is just a money grab. uh, As far as I can tell, like they're, they, they knew what they were doing. They had, what they need to do and they just did it um whether or not it's good or not i don't think they really cared um it just seems like they cared about making sure the violence was good with it and everything if that makes any sense they definitely you know with the little girl uh with what was it trudy right yeah trudy uh trudy so they definitely you know hit the nail on the head there with you know kid believing in christmas and everything and and having that emotional moment at the end but the rest of it is just they focus a little too much on the violence i think and not too much on the story your thoughts so one thing i will add is that this movie proves how good of a plot die hard is because obviously we've mentioned the comparisons to Die Hard. It is Die Hard, but it's taking the Christmas movie aspect literally. And at the end of the day, the basic plot of Die Hard works in a lot of different settings, is what I is what this does show you. That being said, I think this movie does have an interesting inadequacy where all the moments, if David Harbour is in the scene, it's great. There's no question. Like, you're going to enjoy it. When he's not there, which he's in for most of it, obviously. But unlike Die Hard, when Bruce Willis is not there, you've got Alan Rickman playing a great, vi- like a really great villain. And you've got the, um, you've got the cop at the bottom of the skyscraper trying to organize the news, like everybody, and trying to get things going. And you've, you've got a great supporting cast around around it that really work. Don't forget the wife, too, because she does oh, a great course. job oh, of playing the hostage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. She does a great job, without a doubt. Um, so that in Die Hard, you have that, what makes it so memorable, memorable all isn't just 
Bruce Willis, but also everybody else involved is giving their A game, giving 110%. And I'm not going to say anyone was bad in Violent Night, but David Harbour's moments were just so much better than the other parts. Because it's almost like you'd have David Harbour do his thing. Like, you'd have Santa kick some ass and say some funny lines, which always worked for me. And then you'd cut back to the family being held hostage in the living room. And if it wasn't with the little girl talking on the walkie-talkie, it kind of felt like they were just trying to fill the space, so to speak. It's like, okay, we have to have this moment with the family. And I understood that they were trying to show that the family, with the exception of the little girl, that they were all kind of shitty people. In general, I don't know how well that worked. Like, they were almost... At times, unreal. They will no. They not at times. They were unrealistically shitty, and I get that it was meant to be funny, but there were just these moments. It's like a, a good example is, like, you know, basically the grandmother is really, really rich, like super wealthy. Played by and, Beverly D'Angelo from fa- uh, Family Vacation. Yes, and great job without a doubt. She's super rich and she's super intense, to say the least. And the, fa- the rest of the family's job seems to be kissing her ass. Uh, but she always shoots them down because uh, they always want her money uh, in, in one way or another. And there's a moment in the movie which I thought was a little weird where the daughter tries, who's married to this guy who's like a former big actor um, who I thought really was doing, was a little much. Like his performance is a little much, but there's this moment where she, the daughter, gives the mo- the grandmother or her mom, a framed picture of uh, the day she was born, like her mother holding her daughter in her arms for the first time, and it's a framed picture, and somehow even the grandmother or the mother finds a way to shit on that, and I get what the movie was doing, but like that was the wrong. The way to go about it, like they, sh- I felt like they should have just made the daughter's gift genuinely shitty, but instead it's something truly heartfelt, and the grandmother shits on it. Like we get it, she's not a good person, but really, like I think any, I don't know, it just didn't seem to, that didn't make sense to me. So, but that that's the point. It's like you, we want to feel bad for the family. And at the end of the day, all we care about is the little girl, which I, I get that that was intentional, but I think they went a little far at times. Uh, so that would be my biggest critique. But um, <clears throat> any moment David Harbour's in, he not only, I think, nails the Santa performance, but the action sequences are really well put together. So, And because he's the majority of that, you know, I enjoyed a majority of the movie. So I... Yeah, just want to follow up on that real quick because sure. I was thinking about this. Like, like definitely, you know, or C, sorry, you you definitely um, nailed it there. But like, it, it it just seems like these aren't so much char- characters as they are caricatures and That's and archetypes true. at the same time. So it was just it was just yeah, it just you don't invest in these characters except except for Santa and Trudy, and I think that hurts this film a bit too. Actually, the best example I'd say is the, 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 
the daughter's son who's just like a shitty zoomer and it's like every stereotype that you mm-hmm. think of and it's like that's not a, you look at that and you're like that's not a person but that so yeah. so this is actually really interesting because that that really is my biggest critique on the on, on the film um well to, just kind of to circle back i'm just gonna give my very quick thoughts on the violence yeah. Um, I, I did think the violence was a bit over the top, like and over the top in a in a way where it's like, huh, huh, it's a comedy. Get it? Like you guys know how like in Hot Fuzz, the violence is so over the top that you just couldn't help but laugh. And then that was yeah. Edgar Wright's intention. Right. That that was the yeah. whole point. Um, the, the, the problem here is that like it's so over the top that eventually you're not worried about Santa Claus. Like at first you're worried about Santa Claus getting hurt. So the first couple of fight scenes he has, I thought were very well choreographed. And I thought, okay, we're not going to get a Santa Claus who kicks ass. He's, he's getting his ass beat. So, so it's, it's compelling and you're invested in it. Cause you're like, Oh, can, can this guy do it? Like, can Santa Claus be, be, be John McClane? And, and then as the film kept going on and on, the the kills, the, the fights just kept getting so over the top that I was like, like subconsciously, I was like, oh, he's not going to die. He's just going to cause a lot of bloodshed. Right. And, and that was my biggest critique of the film, because in Die Hard, people always forget this. Yes, Die Hard is violent, but John McClane never gets an over the top kill where you think, Oh, he's not going to die or he's not going to risk getting injured. You know, it's very, the, the, I, even though, even the big like glass glass on the floor set piece is very grounded in reality where you genuinely feel like this guy's getting thrown through the ringer. And eventually I just felt like, Oh, Santa Claus is Santa Claus is going through the ringer. Oh, now he is the ringer. And now it's just doom do a doom game okay with with a sledgehammer fine like that that's my biggest critique in terms of the violence that it just stopped being grounded and when it stops being grounded you you just know that okay santa claus isn't going to get hurt and that 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 i felt like was a big misstep of the film was that eventually he's just slaughtering a bunch of mercenaries and yeah he still gets hurt but you you already know that this fight scene is so over the top that he's not going to die. Right. And it's very rare when a filmmaker can do something so gory and over the top and still be compelling. Like hell, the only guy I can think of who pulled it off in the West was Quentin Tarantino with kill bill volume one. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. Where you still thought, Oh, the the bride might die from this big crazy 88 fight scene. But anyway, uh, now in terms also, of, I mean, Ed, you kind of said it, Edgar Wright also in varying ways made it work too. No, he, he made it he made it work well, but but you know the the violence was always done to someone who weren't the the fuzz who That's weren't fair. the cops right like you know and and when you're doing the violence at the hands of Santa Claus it's like well well yeah he's not gonna die like I, there, there was never a moment I thought he was gonna die it was, or at least I never thought he was gonna be mortally wounded but anyway um now see you talked about David Harbor and I gotta say I totally agree I think David Harbor knew the assignment and executed it with perfection. You know, he knows he's supposed to be a cynical Santa Claus, but under all that cynicism is the true Santa Claus. And, you know, listen, I'm not saying this is a masterclass in acting, but, you know, you, you need an actor who knows what he's doing to be able to pull this off. And, yeah. and you need an actor who can feasibly, if not do the stunts, look like he could do the stunts. Also, one quick thing, and this is... 
it's hard to say there's a spoiler, but it, it, it's it's the opening scene of the movie, it, which I have to point out is one of the best scenes because it's literally David Harbour's Santa Claus getting drunk in a bar with a Santa impersonator. And they're just talking about it. And then the big reveal is, oh, he's actually Santa as he flies away in his um, in his sleigh and then throws up on the bartender below. As and like, she's like, all about that Christmas magic. He's like, oh my God, Santa is so wonderful. And then, bleh. Now here's the thing. Had we not seen any trailers, which obviously how could we miss them? But if you don't see any trailers... That opening scene is amazing. If you don't know what's coming, it's so good. Because you just think, oh, this is going to be kind of like a, uh, this is going to be like a bad Santa remake. And then you're like, oh, it's Santa Claus. Oh, it's something's not right with Santa. Okay. And then I keep going from there. So as an opening scene, it works really well. And I think it would have been more impactful had we obviously not seen trailers for this movie. Mm. So one thing I wanted to add, and, and then, uh, Jay, I'll, I want to get your thoughts on what you thought of David Harbour as Santa Claus. But one thing I want to add, kind of going back to see what you talked about with the supporting cast or with, with the family more specifically. I think the intention was there that they started off as caricatures, but then become genuine characters in their own right that you come to care for. I, I just don't think the movie did a good job at that. I think I totally see where the blueprint was, right? I totally see the blueprint of like we're creating the caricature of the of the the normal quote the the quote unquote normal son in the family, the the crazy matriarch, the 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 rival slash kiss ass uh, sibling, the the cringe in law like you see the caricatures right and you I think the film was like but let's create them into genuine people that you care about. I just don't think the script had the capacity to do that because I, I can totally see Tommy Roccoli trying to do something because like in the end, he gives every character a beat where they kind of show that their humanity. But I, I just don't think but it was it enough. But it did feel a little bit like he wrote in the script, so-and-so experiences humanity. Like it did feel a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that that was my big problem with the film because like, listen, everybody, everybody in that, like the kids, the kids are obviously newcomers, but like, for God's sakes, uh, I, I don't know what you guys feel about him, but the one who played like the normal son, Alex Hassel, like he played, uh, he played, um, the invisible guy and in the boys. He's, he's actually been popping up in a lot of stuff recently. Oh. Um, and I, I think he's a great little character actor. Uh, like whenever oh, I have to, po- I'm so sorry. I have to point out the actress that plays his wife. She wasn't really given much of a role in this movie, but anyone listening watch cop shop. She brings her a game in that we, I know for a fact, she's a great, she's a great action. She's a great actress and she can do action movies. You don't really see it in this. She kind of plays a pretty admittedly basic role, but she, she, I looked at her and was like, Oh my God, that's her. And that's, I know I was actually kind of hoping she'd do more and unfortunately she did not. Yeah. So, yeah. So you've said that's Alexis louder. Uh, I agree. Really good performance in cop shop. Uh, Edie Patterson plays the, the rival sister. Like, I don't know if you guys watch the righteous gemstones or vice principals on HBO. She's in those. She's hilarious. She works a lot with, uh, with Cody Hill 
and um and what's his name um uh the the, the actor in uh in eastbound and down danny oh, mcbride yeah she works a lot with 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 those two guys and she's hilarious hilarious and she's funny here but really and truly it's like it's kind of like her shtick to always be like that suck up rival family member that like the, the shrill family member and you know I, I i love the stuff she's in but in here it's like hey you're good at doing this type of character here you go and then uh as the in-law we have uh cam gigadet as uh the in-law morgan for those that don't know he was the villain in never back down he was the douchebag bully who the protagonist they have a street mma fight at the end so so he has martial arts chops and hey, it turns out he 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 has a bit of a comedic streak in him, um, but you know he's barely given. He's basically told, "Hey, we want you to act like like a douchey Mark Wal or a douchier Mark Wahlberg," and and he does it well. But again, not much there. And then obviously Beverly D'Angelo as the matriarch Gertrude. Like, she, she tries to do something different, but I mean, come on, we've seen this character over and over again. So, uh, so Jay, uh, your thoughts on David Harbor as Santa Claus? Well, um, it, it's it's kind of hard because this is definitely, you know, David David Harbor has become one of those actors where it's like, it's just David Harbor doing David Harbor. Um, uh, you know, I mentioned in our in the last podcast and. Uh, for devotion that the lieutenant who is in is in newsroom, but David Harbor is also in newsroom with that actor, um, and he's kind of like a bland, clean cut nobody. And then he gets Stranger Things, and he and he becomes something. He becomes uh, a character actor of sorts. Um, he's typecast. So, uh, C mentioned this after, but you know it it where where his. The ho 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 is his actual laugh is really good. It's a really nice touch. Um, it's it's very natural, um, but like it, I'm not on board with this Santa. If that makes any sense, like it, it, it's it's just David Harbor doing David Harbor things dressed as Santa. So now this is also a very ex extreme circumstance where it's an incredibly violent film and incredibly satiristic action movie. So it's definitely a different take on Santa altogether, but I, before I sign off on David Harbour being Santa, I need to see more. I need to see more of the origin story. I need to see more of him doing Santa -y things, you know, you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Like I just, I need I need more to believe it. Yeah, the the one thing I would say about David Harbour's interpretation of Santa Claus is that <clears throat> he feels the most authentic and naturalistic. Ironically, when he's monologuing about his wife, is the only time I'm like, oh, this is this is much a much more human person that David Harbour is playing, right? Um, and I I feel like everything after that it was kind of being like, okay, now now I'm being kind of the 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 caricature I need to be for this movie, which which is fine. This is that type of movie that demands that. It's just it's just that thing of like like you said, like David Harbor. I don't know if it's his agent or if it's him. He seems dead set on being typecast as like this type of 
character. I I, I don't know why, because he does have range. Like, for God's sakes, he had a career as like an extra or as like the villain of the week in a ton of like detective shows that were very varied. And now it seems like he's dead set on like, I want to be just very a tiny bit separated from my character as uh, uh, f- uh from stranger things, uh, uh, Sheriff Hopper. Right. And it's like, well, dude, I mean, it's fine, but I think you can do so much more. I don't know if you guys would agree or disagree with that. I think he he is capable of more, but I also think he knows when I think he's found something that can work for him and I don't necessarily blame him for digging into that a little bit, I guess you could say. Like like I'll I'll straight up say I, I think he's finally found his franchise. Like it wasn't Hellboy. I no, doubt he it was not. I doubt he makes it past Thunderbolts because he's gonna be in Thunderbolts. Like I, I don't I don't see Red Guardian lasting long in the MCU. So I think this is gonna be his franchise, his superhero franchise. How long <laughs> Santa, it, yeah. yeah, I don't how long it's gonna last, who knows? But I, I think I, I think he came into this wanting to make sure he could have a franchise and I and that I think he succeeded. But but Jay, I do agree. I think sometimes he's like he just does what you what you kind of expect. And very rarely do you see him trying to be authentic, which I, I think there are a couple of scenes where he's authentic, but most of the time he's you yeah. Know. But he's he's authentic in the, uh, in in the way Hopper is authentic. You know, he's not he's not authentic in the way that Santa should be authentic. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, so see, I guess you already talked about David Harbor, but uh, the violence. Well, what were your thoughts on the violence? Um, I, I think, yes, it is gratuitous, but I genuinely think that to say, I think we as the audience would be disappointed if they underserved in a way. So I think what the director ended up doing was overcompensating. Like he wanted to make sure, no, the guys, this is violent. This is this is gruesome. This is going to be intense, because he just didn't want to make sure that people felt like, oh, it's Santa, but it's like he's not. You could have made it so much more or so much more intense. So I think it was a he did a bit of a safe than sorry approach. Um, I'm actually glad that and not that the so the little girl does some uh, pulls some sets up some booby traps basically. And I'm actually glad that happened because I liked that David Harbor Santa was not the only one defending the house. Um, yes, it did take from uh, home alone and the movie outright acknowledges this like be more so than die hard. Like it's literally her doing this because she just saw home alone. Um, and whether you whether that was the best way to do it is can certainly be debated, but I'm glad that she, that it wasn't just David Harbor defending the home. It wasn't just him. It wasn't just Santa. It was, uh, it was a te- it was, some though lopsided, somewhat of a team effort. Um, I will say that there were there were some. It's very interesting to see a violent kill that's also really funny. And there's one in particular that I'll fully admit 
everyone was laughing. And it was specifically because of how gruesome it was. But then the post-mortem, so, so to speak of it, was really funny because of the 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 way there was this post-mortem mundane mundanity i don't know if that's a word but mundane uh, there was a very mundane scene happening while some while this gruesome uh sequence was going on as well and i think that was genuinely probably one of the funniest kills i which one are you talking about the star okay yeah that was really funny because it's not just okay Okay, spoiler alert, I'm going to explain the whole sequence real quick. Basically, Santa takes the star of a tree and stabs it in the gut in one of the henchmen's eyes and then plugs the lights in and he shocks and it kills him, basically, because it, it shocks him and it kills him. But what I love is it, like, yes, that's a great death that's really funny. But then as the guy goes down and as Santa gets back on the walkie-talkie with the little girl... The star catches on fire on the dead guy's face. And as it cuts between the sweet little girl being scared and Santa trying to reassure the girl, you just see the fire on the face getting worse and worse. And like the face like deteriorating more and more. And I don't know, like that's horrific, obviously. But it's just the scene that's going on is so like, not sweet, but so meant to be so like, genuine while this very graphic thing is happening and like everyone was laughing at it because it's just like you're watching just this thing like slowly burn away completely and Santa's not acknowledging it whatsoever and it works really well no and I I was laughing really hard at that you guys know you you were there <laughs> but yeah um I I would say that I, I one of the things I wish the film had had gone this way instead of that way was that realizing that those types of kills like to make them really really get a good laugh you got to hold them close to the chest and i just feel like towards the towards the third act there's one specific set piece where it just goes so over the top that it's like it's like well now now it ceases to be funny right because it's like it's like you you play your your best cards close to your chest you don't just just drop it all in and just go try to one up, try to keep one upping it. Cause eventually we just get numb to it. And you know, but I, I think that's just Tommy Ricola's style. And I also think, I think, and you can, you can say if you, this is not, this was a good choice or not. I, I can see both ends of this, but I think Tommy Ricola wanted us to get numb to it. I think he actually wanted that. I think he's that type of director. Hmm. Yeah, so... Because Dead Snow, there's a moment where you're a little bit numb to the crazy shit that's happening in that movie. And you could tell that was intentional. Uh, at least I think I, I think it was. And I, I think that's just who he is. I think he's just trying to get you past a certain point. Um, and I think he feels that that's when people find it funny. Um, which... And I think the the fact is we he just didn't understand. We already found it funny, but that's just me. Yeah. So something we haven't talked about yet that I feel like is marrying merits to be talked about in this review, and, and Jay, you'll go first. Is the bad guys, the mercenaries, the 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 robbers, the more specifically the the head of of the mercenaries 
Scrooge, played by John Leguizamo. Uh, Jay, what, what were your thoughts on the bad guys? And, and First of all, I I had been planning to mention that it has been a crime that we hadn't even mentioned his name so far. Um, <laughs> because, one, there is not enough content out there with John Leguizamo. Um, he is a great talent. Um, I really liked him in Moulin Rouge. I really like him in everything he does. He's got a great, like, educational stand-up comedy show that he did. I think it's on Netflix or something. Um, so first of all, just, just hats off to him for being such a great talent and, and really good person. Um, again, more, more basicness to it though. Um, they definitely had a lot of the funnier lines, especially with, the the, the, the two, the, the two Home Alone type villains that they had, um, the the guy and the girl who had in their own right had their own kooky deaths, but also like um, were were the first ones to believe it was actually Santa. I was like, oh my god! Like, what if it actually is him? Like, what the hell did we just see? Kind of thing. Um, as as performances aside, as far as like development. They're just, they're just, why does this guy hate Christmas so much? Like, they're just, it was just never answered. Like, like he does have his speech at the end, but I still, like, didn't really understand. Like, like he he hates Christmas because his dad was poor, and that's it. And, 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 and maybe there's more of a case of, like, rich versus poor kind of thing going on here, but not against Christmas. So it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't track. It doesn't make sense. It's just poorly developed. Um, they, they were, there was definitely a lot of overacting, especially the guy who played, I think it was Krampus. Um, <clears throat> the, the crazy guy who, who was, who was just eager to kill everyone. Um, it, it's just, they, they focus so much on the Santa surety relationship. They focus so much on the mom and dad, uh, divorce relationship and, and they just don't focus on anything else. So just bad character development or, or lack of character development, um, whether that's a choice or not. Um, and it just... I I hate that that uh the grandmother the the owner of the house just has a quote unquote kill team uh on standby in case anything happens but then oh guess what the kill team is on the bad guy's side and it's just yeah it's all again all very basic and just not thought out or developed or anything it's just there and you know, we're back to focusing on, on the violence again and uh, David Harbour being Santa. So it, I'm not, it, it, I'm on board with John Leguizamo being a bad guy. I'm not on board with the motivations for that bad guy. And I'm not on board with just how kind of flat those characters were, if that makes any sense, you know. It just, it just didn't do it for me. I I didn't 
genuinely believed that they were anything but you know money hungry bad guys, which is I guess is what they are, but but there just wasn't enough motivation there other than money. See your thoughts on the bad guys specifically. So I think they hmm. I'm trying to think the best way to put it. I think listen at the end of the day you knew we knew they were going to be cannon fodder I actually Jay I think you make a very good point the 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 fact that the family has a fucking kill team that's that's a lot like like it like you fully believe they have security like when I saw the guards that they had it's like okay yeah okay I can accept this but like a full-on kill team like with snow camo ready to go at their backs like like that that's a lot like that's that's insane and i think at the end of the day it was the director he wanted to find a reason to have just an absolute blood bigger bloodbath than ever imagined at the very end and as fun as that scene is, that without a doubt is a very manufactured part of the movie. Um, as far as the the lead villain, um, I think he really he knew exactly what was asked of him. He's played that kind of role before, so he he did exactly what was needed, and he he. He did. He did it just right. I think he's he's specifically done like hostage movies too before, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure. And look, this isn't me dissing on him. I'm sure he just picked from that Rolodex, and it worked. It without a doubt worked. He knew exactly the kind of character he needed to be, and I think the other factor is, I think John Leguizamo he he understood that he can't be the I actually think he held back in his performance because I've seen, we've all seen performances of him where he can really go out there. He can really, he has the range. Like we know he does. And I think he understood that I need to be a little generic for this movie. I need to be the kind of generic kind of tough as nails villain for this because I need to be this two dimensional character that everybody can hate. And it's unfortunate that he had to do that, but I think he understood that at the end of the day, this movie isn't about me. I'm not going to be Alan Rickman. I'm going to be your standard, you know, do bad things, bad guy. Um, and, you know, of course he hates Christmas. Um, I actually like the reason why he hated Christmas, but I wish, I think all the detail wasn't necessary unless they did what they did with Santa, which was actually show us images, even just one image, one recording, like one clip of his past. They should have also shown a clip of his past as well. Or you don't show, explain all that detail, so to speak. But instead, they explain the same amount of detail, but we just see him telling it. And I think if you're going to show Santa visually in his past, you need to do the same thing for, for the villain. So John Leguizamo, 
I, it's funny you mentioned Alan Alan Rickman. See, I I think I really do think. Listen, I, I would not be surprised if because the villain goes by the code name Scrooge. Uh, I would not be surprised if Scrooge was written as as a very thin character, uh, just because it's like, well, we need a bad guy. We need to justify having Santa Claus kick ass. But I can tell John Lee was almost the type of actor who you give him something that's maybe very thinly written, and he just. He just pumps it up with as much as the John Leguizamo steroid as he can. Mm-hmm. And and that's very apparent in this movie. There are little things he does that I, I just know were his own ideas just to make this character feel more alive. And But, Jay, I do agree with you. I think the weakest moment was when he's explaining why he hates Christmas. It's like, at that point, either make it be something very over the top that kind of fits the tone of the rest of the movie or try to make it something that, you know, more compelling than, oh, I didn't have presents one year. Um, that, that, that to me is just like, choose, choose. See, what I thought they were going to do was that you later learn that his dad, to earn extra money during the Christmas time, was a mall Santa ever since he was a kid. So he never had the illusion even once. Or he never had the mystery once. I I genuinely thought it was going to be that his his dad did something involving that specific family, but mm. you know, again, or was, that that family like was the one who fired his dad. Yeah, something, no, some some something a bit more grounded. But, but also, like to, to like to to make a full circle, like like it it kind of breaks the Christmas and Santa trope of not trying to redeem that character as well. Like there should have been, you know, like they, they didn't even try or, or make fun of that trope, you know, cause the whole, a, a lot of Christmas villains, you know, like the Grinch and the Scrooge and, and everything that what eventually comes down to is they, they finally get the meaning of Christmas and they didn't even try that here with, with uh, Scrooge. They just, they just gave him a, a poorly written sob story and then let him die. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. I think, I I think ultimately, if you're trying to create a genuine article Christmas movie, wrapped in a satirical black comedy, wrapping paper, right? Then you got to go all the way. I mean, they try to justify it by doing the whole like, and I'm not going to get into spoilers, but they do the whole clap your hands if you believe in Christmas thing, yeah, and and, and that's fine and all, but it's like okay, you're. You got to go all the way with this, right? And like, if not Scrooge, there should have been one villain who was like, "Oh, you know what? Christmas rocks. Fuck this." That that then it would have been closer to that Christmas movie that you know you expect. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, you know I think ultimately the movie knows what what what's it selling, and what it's selling is Santa Claus killing people, <laughs> and you know whether. Whether you like it or not, at the very least, they do that right. Uh, maybe a bit too well. But anyway, uh, so how about, guys, we give our final scores for this movie? Uh, that sounds Jay, great. Jay, you want to go first or are you still wrestling over? Uh, yeah, go ahead and give me remind me what the uh, what the scale is. OK, sure. yeah. So absolute dog shit is sucks. Uh-huh. Then then like. Like kind of like gonna forget about it in a, in a day is like meh then like oh it's fine varying degrees of fine is is a movie 
And then like, wow, this was great is flush. And then the best thing you've seen all year is fucks. Gotcha. I gotcha. Um, I'm, I'm not going to forget about this, but it's definitely a math for me. Um, it's, it's, it's just such bland film writing and storytelling and bland characters, no character development, really. Um, the the one thing that sticks out is the violence and and that's what this movie relies on and and perched itself on and it's the hill they wanted to die on and it's just not enough for a complete film um you know we've we've mentioned hot fuzz plenty of times on here and like hot fuzz has the violence but it also relies on the comedy and and the character building and companionship of of our two main characters. So so here it's just it, it's it's all violence with no flavor, bland, meh. Probably wouldn't watch it again. Uh, see your review, your score. So I actually really just I I I, I really enjoyed this. It was it. I love movies that know what they are and go fully for that. And this movie knows what it is. It it puts the pedal to, to the metal. And admittedly, yeah, it goes through a few walls and it crashes the car a little bit at times. Um, it, it's by no means a perfect movie. But I, I, I accept it for what it is, warts and all. And because of that, I actually, in a way, give it a higher rating. Um... This this movie, it is a movie, is a bloody good time, without a doubt. Um, I would say, you know, if you put it in like let's call the put it in the realm of the darker Santa Claus movies, it's I liked it more than Krampus, but I liked it less than Bad Santa, so to speak. If you're putting it in the realm of specifically more adult themed. Christmas movies, it's in between the two. Um, I think, you know, if you had anyone else besides David Harbour, I'm not sure I would have given it as high of a rating, but just every moment he was on the screen, whether it's the violence, whether it's the, the burnout, and that is actually one other quick thing I want to mention. Santa Claus feeling burnout is kind of perfect for 2022. Like, that actually kind of works. Like, like even Santa's burned out after everything that's happened in the past couple of years. Like, that's, uh, I don't know, I don't think that was intended, but that's oddly really good timing. So, this movie is a bloody good time. That's what I say. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of with there. I'm more with you, see? I, I, this to me is a, this to me is a, Potential cult classic movie. And, and what I mean by that is that, like, well, actually, the, this movie is doing actually quite well in theaters. Uh, so maybe maybe uh, a potential new classic movie. It's a movie in the sense of, like, the flaws that are there are, are just too overwhelming for me to give it, to me to confidently give it a flush. Like, I wouldn't sleep well at night giving this a flush because, again, the supporting cast is very thinly written and... Um, 
it's very thinly written. Eventually, the the violence becomes to becomes a detriment to the movie. Uh, but but again, like the humor that does work when the violence works well with the movie and just David Harbour in general, I, I, I just really had a good time. And John Leguizamo just does so much with such a thinly written character. Like, like he's the, he's the underrated MVP for me in this movie. I got to say though, that what I mean by potential new classic movie is that like, I, I highly doubt this won't be in like the the network or like cable TV movie rotations next yeah. December. Like I highly doubt it won't be. It'll this you think is gonna, it will be. Yeah, I think it will well, be. Well, first of all, I think that's actually going to be funny because the amount they're going to have to censor is going to be fucking hilarious. Well, yeah, but th- this is going to be that movie that uh if, if there were if there were st- when there are red boxes around there're still red boxes, right? Yeah. Oh, this will do well on Redbox. Yeah, this is going to be that perennial movie on Redbox every December. Like, it just will yeah. be. And I, I... This is the movie that we're going to be 20 or 10 years down the line. We're going to be surprised how many straight to Netflix or straight to DVD sequels it got. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I do think there'll probably be two more movies with David Harbour. But after that, this is definitely going to be that thing where you're like on Amazon Prime and you're like... Violent Night, Deadly Night, Part 3, or Part 5. What the fuck? And who is that playing Santa? I have never heard about him before. Apparently, he was like an, an HBO movie once upon a time. But sure. th- that's kind of my thought on the film. Like, I I laughed. I laughed a lot. I'm not going to lie and say, like, I didn't find it funny. This movie's hilarious. There are parts where this movie is so hilarious. But that still doesn't change the fact that I, you know, I saw the blueprint of what they were trying to do with the supporting cast, and it just... You know, it didn't land on its feet. And when it doesn't land on its feet, I, I got to let the audience know that. And um, and, and listen, I'm, I'm not a prude. You guys know me. I, I'll watch any like gratuitous violence type of thing if the story oh, yeah. calls for it. But th- there's one scene that I just can't get out of my head where like it stopped being funny and I stopped caring because they're like, well, well, I know Santa Claus. You thought audition was funny. I'm kidding. (laughs) Sorry. Anyways, never mind. I'm glad most, yeah, that's an inside joke, but, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, there there was just, there was like, once I realized that, well, nothing's going to happen to Santa Claus, that, that rung it down a, a few levels for me. And, you know, I can't say I, listen, I can't say I was disappointed with this movie. But I also can't say that this movie was something that I'll I'll be like every like I'll be like every December going like guys guys we need to all get drunk and watch this like no. Um, I suggested that I suggested that everybody I was like let let's be the, let this be the movie where we just get drunk and have a good time. But but the, the, the thing was was that like you can have a good time with this sober. It's just you know. Yeah. How, how do I say By the this? way, folks, that is coming. There is a movie we intend to see very drunk, and we will do a review of it. We're not saying what it is now, but it is coming. And we're going to do the review drunk too. Ooh. I was thinking. I was thinking we do the review high off of LSD or something, but eh, that's LS, just me. Well, we'll see. Okay, we'll see. We'll <laughs> shortest see. podcast ever. <laughs> Look. No, 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 no. It'll be the shortest podcast for our audience, but for us, we'll be like, we were talking for like five hours. Oh, man. Yeah. Also, my parents listen to this, so I don't know if we're going to go that far. But, you know. Well, who do you think we're getting the LSD from? Oh, that's true. Oh, God. Oh, God. But, you know, it's the holidays, guys, you know. I'm just just glad because, you know, a lot of, like, 
I've been on the streaming sites looking at see what other Christmas movies have been coming out this year. Holy shit, they all look like dog shit. There was one. Don't do not watch this. The Tim Allen Santa Claus HBO or Disney Plus show I, is I, so bad. I'm not. I th- there's one on Amazon Prime with Asa Asa Butterfield that's fine, if not a little predictable. It's called uh, Mine Christmas or Yours. It was mm. fine. Um, but then there are others on Hulu where I'm like, like not even Hallmark would show those movies. <laughs> well, that was actually an interesting article about like they're basically Hallmark spends way a lot of its budget on Christmas movies. And they basically plan it out so that now from November through December, they have a Christmas movie every night, every fucking night. Okay. That is insane, A, but they realized that um, basically they just have to follow certain tropes with those and that they have a reliable audience every year, but they've also figured out that like, what am I trying to say? There's basically, there's a separate writer, there are separate writers that just crank out the Christmas movies for Hallmark. That's basically what they do. And they also have hired over the years, like, any writers who, like, aren't, like, who have made other work in the past, but they're not really doing much, they'll just write a Hallmark Christmas movie under a different name. And they claim that some somewhat notable writers have done this in the past, um, and they suggested at one point that a writer or two potentially did this under a different name during the famous writer strike, but they wouldn't say or fully admit who. So you're telling me there is a Hallmark Christmas movie written by Aaron Sorkin. Okay, cool. Very cool. I'm saying... I was thinking about Tarantino, but you know. <laughs> yes, I would kill. Dude, I would not be surprised if he unironically likes like a Hallmark Christmas movie. And he goes, oh, like, he definitely does. He says, it's... first of all, Christmas Town Snowflakes uh, is, without a doubt, the most quintessential ter- uh, Christmas movie ever. Like, he, <laughs> Dude, he definitely I could, thinks I that. could totally see how his lips move saying that. I could totally oh, yeah. see it. He absolutely is <laughs> like, Christmas, first of all, Christmas Express 2 is a revelation. <laughs> you know he says that. Oh god, that's a great way to end this. All right, guys. Alrighty. This has been What Do You Think? I'm Al. I'm C. And I'm Jay. Merry Christmas, everyone, and God Hope bless us. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everyone. Goodbye.